All right. Time then to get in some experts to get you uh, a quick look at what's expected in the markets in the near term. We've got Alex Wong, Director of Alex KY Wong Asset Management, as well as Samuel Fava, who's the Chief Executive Officer of Mandarin Capital. Gentlemen, good morning and hope you're keeping warm on this rather chilly uh, day. Hey, good morning. Morning, Mega. All right. Let's kick it off with what we have seen in uh, in Asia and in the region right now, it's uh, it's been a rather tough a few days and a rough 2024 so far for Hong Kong markets. And I want to kick it off with that since we are, you know, uh, we are based here. And, uh, you know, some people and we heard uh, Dickie mention earlier that he's seeing 14,600 as a as a key level. If that's broken, we could see further slide in the markets, given that we are trading at, you know, levels that were last seen in 2009. Alex, what's your sense of and what's your near-term outlook for the Hang Seng? I think uh, we probably may still test that low. That is the COVID low. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, sentiment is a super weak in Hong Kong. Um, the sell-off actually accelerated after the latest round of Chinese data. I think that people are, are not too happy about the performance, especially from the uh, retail market, I think. So uh, that's why uh, I think uh, we are seeing a round of uh, selling concentrated on those tech companies and also those uh, consumer names. Um, I think uh, people are pricing in um, the deflationary uh, deflationary environment in China and and quite um, concerned about the potential price cuts uh, by those firms. So um, that may um, hurt their earnings uh, substantially. So that's why I think we are seeing another round of devaluation this year. I think uh, this sentiment actually uh, may still persist because um, we have not seen any policies to change that uh, deflation expectation. So very likely we may remain weak. Right. Samuel, would you agree uh, that, you know, it is the, the need of the hour is policy action and policy direction from China to pull us out of, uh, you know, this lull that has been going on? I think there's a lot of things needs to be done. I think we are already in an environment where U.S.-based assets are more, are more attractive. You will need a interest rate cycle. So you have to fight with that. Then that's what you're seeing the flow. You're seeing a derating at the moment on our markets. And uh, I think that's obviously some momentum playing. And some of uh, these things are coming after years of, uh, I would say, policy uh, policy issues and I think the markets really want to see some kind of first they need to make they need to make a stop to this slide and I think there will be short-term action to stop gap this but that's not going to create a long-term trend what the market is really looking at structural actions to regain confidence on the private sector especially in China because the uh, you know the flagship figures of GDP doesn't necessarily translate to what you're saying in earnings and that's the biggest issue. People want to be able to make money in China and in Hong Kong as well. And that's not happening. So until we see some proper shift into this, uh, I think it's going to be very, very difficult for international investors to come back and uh, invest, in, um, invest in the region. Now, the big problem we're seeing this slide might actually start causing a confidence crisis. And that's the very, very first thing they need to do is stop this because that could be easily translate into a credit crisis if that's not stopped very quickly. 
Right. Samuel, uh, you know, we're talking about uh, declining confidence uh, and that really which needs a boost. But we're also seeing, you know, uh, the on-ground numbers really not lining up. You've got demographic pressures also building in. Uh, The percentage of working population has been declining. You've got continuous intervention coming in on the forex markets as well from 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 the major banks trying to ensure that we don't have a further slide in the yuan. Um, What sort of policy action would you be expecting over the next few months? We've already had talk of extraordinary borrowing possibly coming in also. I don't think the issue is monetary stimulus. Mm -hmm. The issue is down to the structural level of the economy. We have a shift from uh, private sector more towards uh, a state-established type of economy recently, and the market doesn't like that. And the question now is whether we need some... rebalancing of this or not at this level. Uh, The problem, I think, at the moment, China, they have some leaders in the market. We look at Alibaba, we look at MA2, and these are worldwide leaders, but the problem is they cannot export, and at the moment there is this kind of constraint which needs, if you want to regain confidence for international investors to invest in those companies, needs to be lifted. And that's what will eventually drive the stock market. I'm not not, uh, arguing about the policies, I'm just Mm. looking at the stock market pricing point of view. For this to go back up, you need to have people to have confidence and earnings to go back to the shareholders. That's the uh, the, the first point of action. Right. And talking about tech pressures then, Alex, uh, you know, you also briefly mentioned, would you like to elaborate on that? And uh, do you think that we could possibly be seeing a sector churn coming through in, in China? Um, and interesting that you're talking about tech, but tech is also a rather broad-based sector, right? You've got a whole host of companies uh, that function within this industry sphere. And with the with the increased focus on AI and uh, chip manufacturers here, what's the role for China? Well, I think uh, for China, AI film is a little bit difficult to play because uh, people are very concerned about the uh, potential sanctions from the US uh, on chips. So that's why we are not seeing the AI film to play out in China. And I think that probably will continue. I agree with Sam that uh, we need to see uh, renewed interest in firms like Alibaba or Tencent. I think uh, they probably uh, would lead the market um, again if if they are they are they are not. That facing that much uh, restrictions, and I think uh, that's uh, very much needed. Because if you look at Pinduoduo, actually they are okay. Uh, they are actually this is where uh, the stock is still very bullish. So uh, people are confident on those execution power, but they are probably concerned about the policy constraint facing by those companies. I think uh, we need those companies to to lead the market higher instead of those uh, state-owned enterprises. Right. We are also hearing of, uh, you know, a lot of uh, companies and a lot of uh, Chinese companies looking to IPO in Hong Kong this year, uh, especially at the retail uh, companies focus on the retail side. You know, you've got tea companies, Mm. you've got restaurant companies who are looking to um, venture into the space. Do you think uh, these IPOs could be uh, the breath of fresh air that we probably need here in Hong Kong and for the Hang Seng? No, I don't think so. I think uh, right now people are expecting deflation in China mm-hmm. and competition within the restaurant space actually is a super intense right now. And so I don't think uh, people would be very um, bullish on those uh, companies. I think uh, our consumer names actually are getting derated severely over the last two months. And that actually would hurt the interest of those IPOs. 
Right. Um, I want to also talk a little bit more about what we're expecting in terms of the big data points out of uh, the U.S. this week. Uh, you know, we're continuously monitoring what the U.S. Fed is doing because that translates into how funds flow across the world and what that does with uh, equity markets. But in terms of U.S. numbers as well, this week we are expecting the fourth quarter GDP um, numbers, which should come in around the 2% mark. That's the slowest in about five quarters. Um Personal consumption expenditures index, price index would also be uh, showing what, you know, the, the U.S. economy was up to. What's your sense on um, how the Fed could be reading and how the markets could be reading these uh, data points, uh, Alex? Oh, I think uh, if you look at the last round of data, actually people get the, get the picture that the U.S. actually is um, quite resilient and the uh, inflation is a little bit sticky. So I think people would very concentrated on the latest round of uh, inflation data. And that, I think, is, uh, is the most crucial one because uh, we need to see inflation to be under control and then probably we need to see the bullish trend in the U.S. market to continue. I think uh, that is the key one because right now techs actually are leading the way on the AI theme, but um, other actually are lagging behind uh, on the expectations that rate cut actually may be delayed. So I think uh, the inflation data actually would be the key uh, to watch. Right. Simon, what's your sense? Uh, do you think that inflation would also continue to be sticky and stubborn? Uh, do you think in terms of the rate cut cycle as well, uh, you know, Fed's going to go and move much slower than what the markets are building in? I don't think the Fed has to move uh, rates anytime soon because mm -hmm. uh, inflation is still sticky above their levels. Uh, assets are doing very well. The economy is doing reasonably well. So I think there's this environment where they can wait and see for a while. So I agree with Alex. I mean, at this stage, they would, I mean, at the end of the day, the, the role of the central bank is to keep in check the inflation. And that is obviously their primary focus. So I think they're in a good position. They don't have to do anything. So we also have uh, inflation. We also have a central bank decision in Japan today. And I think it's going to be the same. Worldwide, I think the monetary policies are going to be in a more or less stable for the next quarter or so. Yeah, it's a good point that you brought about uh, the Bank of Japan and what we're expecting. Status quo, that's what people are largely building in on Japan. But uh, the way we've seen money move and the equity markets move, you've got uh, Japan and the Nikkei trading at uh, all-time highs, levels that we haven't really seen before. Do you think that within the Asian region, we are going to see uh, you know, the Japanese equities continue to find favor, Samuel? I think, yeah, I think at the moment it is a, a market which is revived. Uh, one of the big promises the Japanese uh, market at the moment is the yen, which uh, obviously the slide, if it continues, is naturally creating inflation to the domestic market. So that is probably going to be the driver for the interest rate cycle. I mean, obviously, the Central Bank of Japan is not the most, uh, the fastest bank uh, in the world to move there. It's interest rate policy, but at some point they will have to do something because if I think if we, cr if we cross the 150 level, and we could see acceleration on the yen, and that's clearly putting a lot of pressure in Japan at the moment. Right. Uh, and over from Japan, let's talk about the broader Southeast Asian region as well. You know, there was a report that was put out by Maybank recently, which said that they're expecting Southeast Asian markets to be turning around in 2024. These are markets with rather young demographics, high economic growth, and the valuations are looking rather cheap. Uh, Alex, is this a sector and a region that you look at? And if there's anything that stands out from the Southeast Asian region? I think, uh, yes, I think uh, people are uh, looking to, to like uh, the demographic uh, 
in the region here. So I think uh, that probably will continue to attract fund flows. And so I think uh, probably Indonesia probably would be the one uh, they would like because uh, they have a huge population and, and young. And think, I think and also they have a lot of resources. So uh, probably this one would be the next one to watch. Okay, it's Indonesia and Indonesia is also going to be in focus uh, because the elections. Uh, Samuel, same question to you really, quickly as we wrap up. Uh, anything that stands out within the Southeast Asian region? Well, I have had a, you know, like Vietnam, but I think as long as you have, you know, US markets perform at 30% of your rotation is going to wait for those markets. All right, fantastic. Thank you so much, Alex and Samuel, for joining us this morning.